guys. Welcome to another episode of the Next One Up podcast. Woo! Happy Tuesday, Carly. Yeah, it's a Tuesday. Um, <laughs> it's it's a rainy Tuesday here in the Northeast region. Um, I personally have not moved from my apartment today except to get coffee, but how has your Tuesday been? So, um, <laughs> it's been a really long day, and so I apologize if I sound a little bit delusional in this <laughs> episode in terms of my takes. They might be very hot, um, <laughs> but I went up to our Stanford offices today, Stanford, Connecticut. We have uh-huh. some of our NBC Sports offices up there, so if you ever see, like, Football Night in America, pregame before some night football, recording in the studio. That's up in Stanford. So I had some meetings up there today. And let me tell you, it's not the easiest place to get to. And I took four different types of transportation just to get there. <laughs> not the four. See, okay, for all you all of the listeners out there, I was like, okay, what four what four transportation methods could methods could there be? So Carly, lay it out for me. Right. So we eliminate plane, eliminate boat, okay? Right, so, right. right. Um, but <laughs> it even, I mean, it could have been quicker if I took a boat. Who knows? Um, so In this weather. normally I take just a quick bus into Port Authority uh-huh. and then I walk to my office. Beautiful. So I took the quick bus in. Then I had to transfer to the subway, which took me to Grand Central because Metro North, which is the Connecticut lines, only leave from Grand Central. So, right. Then we get to Grand Central. Then I get on the Metro North train, which goes up and to Connecticut. Once I got there, I had to get on a shuttle, which took me from the train station to the office. Now, imagine if there wasn't a shuttle, you had to take a cab. Oh, what I can't even imagine. <laughs> well, then, get this. On the, oh, no. no. Okay, get this. On the way back, okay, they told you there's two different, like, schedules to abide by for the shuttle return and there's like a chart but then there's also like a a website that like refreshes so I thought that that one the second one would be more accurate because it's like refreshing and it's like showing you real time oh well apparently those are wrong no (laughs) so I thought that the shuttle left at 335 when it had left at 330 so, and the next one wasn't till four and I wasn't oh. about to wait another half hour because then I would have missed a train. Wait. Such an ordeal. So I called an Uber because I was not waiting around. <laughs> and when I got to the Stanford train station, which they're doing construction, so of it's course. a little confusing. Of course. I had about three minutes to catch the express train and I couldn't find track three. And as I got to the platform, the train started to pull no! away. <laughs> Is it raining at this point, by the way? Thank God, not raining. Oh, God. okay. <laughs> but it, it sounds like a raining scene, doesn't it? I know. It? It's, like, it's like from a movie. I'm imagining the rain's falling, your umbrella blows away <laughs> at the exact same time. <laughs> but I made it back. <laughs> I just want to point out that, like, we grew up in the Northeast and, like, New York City and things like that. But for those of our listeners that didn't, I imagine how anxiety-inducing that journey must have been for them. Right? Just hearing about it. Just hearing it and being like, the four, it's like the four forms of transportation. You know, like our grandparents just said, they used to travel, like, uphill both ways in the snow. Yeah. And that, and then the train's pulling away. Uh, 
Oh my god. But I, I got really. back in one piece and here we are, ready, ready to talk about sports news. We're- Which you know what? It makes everybody's day better because you know, a week ago I was super excited for the NBA draft. Yes. And as somebody who loves basketball, this is like one of my this is one of my most favorite times. You years. love I basketball? Have- I do. For oh, a, wow. It's a surprise I didn't know for that. all of our viewers out there. Yes, yes, yes. And <laughs> <laughs> rowdy. Um, um, this is one of my favorite times of year. I also enjoy Summer League because you like to see all the new talent. Mm-hmm. But with this, I thought it was interesting if you look at, like, the selections that were taken in the first round. If you look at, like, the top big men in the country, right? Like, there's, I, I saw something that was like, oh, no country for big men, which I think is really funny. And it's a really clever mm-hmm. take on this because you look at how the league is changing and people talk about the way the game changed with like Steph Curry, but it's so prominent in this draft. And like, for those of you that are out there and like, for those of like, I've seen the conversations online where people will say like, oh, when Bayama is like seven foot five, it's yeah. Like, he doesn't totally count because the way that he plays is so dynamic and he ch- plays like a European player. Like his, his, his skills are so rounded. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's, it's just super unique to see how he plays. Do you also think that he is a different breed because he's like so slender? Like he doesn't have that like strength that you think of when you think of like a big guy on the court. Yeah, but I also think of, like, when Kevin Durant came out, he was a forward, mm. and he was, like, so skinny and young right. the same way. Like, he's going to bulk up, and, like, mm-hmm. we didn't get to see, like, Chet uh, Holmgren. I almost mispronounced his last name, but from Oklahoma City um, from last year because he got injured in Summer League, mm. which people say was because he's so lean and doesn't have a lot of, like, that muscle mass. You need right. to be a big guy in the paint. But I – um. I think you're going to see him, like, fill out more, but he might have more of, like, a Kevin Durant type of build. But mm. it'll be on the uh, the Spurs and their conditioning program. Right, right. Yeah. That's a good point. But, like, you know, I'm excited to see it. Like, I love to see, like, th- these, like, these big guys, and they play, like, the, the traditional way of basketball. Because in the finals, and I don't know if you noticed this, too, but, like, the way the game's changed over the last few years is, like, you know, these smaller guys that are quicker and shoot and can shoot the, the lights out of the gym. Mm-hmm. But no- – he seems to have an answer for Jokic in the finals. Like, right. nobody wants a big man until you need one. Wait, that was my question, too, because yeah. I feel like throughout the different series in the finals, mm-hmm. it kept being the question of matchups. And do you right. have a big man to match up against theirs, whether whatever team had that guy um, right, right. or teams had that those guys? And mm-hmm. so it's interesting that, like, that is not a thought here. Do you think that these guys will get picked up not just not as draft selections? Yeah, I think that could be an option. Like they'll get brought in for like, you know, their um their their uh summer league teams or maybe they can move up from like their G League teams to their yeah. roster. I think that you just have to you have to be able to look out for the next big man talent because you don't want a big guy to just be on your roster spot and waste mm-hmm. and, and waste space when you right. could bring another shooter or defender. Sure. It's so interesting because it's such a different way of looking at team building than I'm used to because an NBA roster is so small. Right. Yeah, that it's like, okay, I don't have room to fill or take on guys mm-hmm. that just to see how they pan out necessarily because every spot is so valuable. Right. But that's why it's so unique to have like the, 
like the GMs that put these teams together. And like, if we look at like the Warriors and their GM that just left, Mm -hmm. like he built that team and people don't really think about how important that is to be able to put these pieces together and see that vision of like, oh, this, I can totally see how this guy's going to pan out. And like you're describing, being able to put that team together that is so small like, these GMs are, are more important than we think sometimes. Like, everyone talks about the coach, but the GMs are important. Of course. They're more important, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, they mm-hmm. give That's... you the, the weapons that you can exactly. coach. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And the owners, they pay for it. We love we love the deep <laughs> pockets of the Golden State Warriors. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's speak on the draft night fashion because – yes. I thought it. I thought it. I thought it was unique. Um, what do you see out there? So I would just like to say my favorite, my favorite tweet that came mm-hmm. out of this. I sent it to you the other day. Um, was regarding Grady Dix. Um, yes, <laughs> you heard that right. We will. We will unpack that last name in a bit. Um, <laughs> he was wearing a red sparkly suit it looked like a red sparkly turtleneck underneath with like this these huge shoulder pads um and i just want you to picture it it's all very red and very sparkly extremely and also he has like blonde hair that's kind of like gelled a little bit and he has blue eyes i think so let's just like paint that (laughs) picture so he looks like kind of like maybe like scandinavian i don't know okay and then it all red sparkles and someone tweeted drafted 13th but could move into the top 10 after the free skate and i <laughs> lost it i absolutely <laughs> lost it the internet was undefeated with for that comment he literally the minute that happened i was like he does look like an olympic figure skater oh absolutely where's johnny weir yeah didn't get the outfit oh my it's- god it was, it's interesting though. And okay. And I'll give him a pass because all right, that was like a little bit crazy. Like his, his suit, mainly because it was unexpected with the, the color choice. Just, it was just a little bit much. However, um, I did hear conversations that were saying that like, this is like an opportunity for these athletes to show themselves. Right. On, yeah. Like, like this is who they are. Introduce themselves to the league. But, like, right. I don't understand. Like, where did, like, a nice fit in, like... I'm all work? for, like, uniqueness and... Yeah, like, funky tie. A, an interesting thing, like, gets the people talking. Right. But but really? Really? You know, you know, you, you know what I just realized? We have lost all the men with this conversation. But you know what? It's fine. It's fine because maybe they will also... Wear well, you know boots. what? They should never do that, and that is the lesson <laughs> here. Okay, if there's like a red sparkly suit on a rack somewhere, don't grab it. Don't grab it. Don't Put do that, that down, sir. It will not look cool, and it will be in your closet for the next fifteen years when you don't right. fit into it anymore. <laughs> so, don't buy it. <laughs> while we're on that top this topic of this guy greedy dick it's just a funny last name and he got drafted to the raptors yeah um who are drake's team because drake's canadian um and i just like really want that to happen for drake to get his jersey you know he has and there has they have been poking fun about it it's already been ordered it has i'm just i'm just assuming so because he's already been drafted so i'm assuming I'm assuming Drake would hop on that. Drake, you know what? He should get a custom one. Okay. And it should be red sparkles. 
Ooh. <laughs> to match the drag <laughs> suit outfit. Red sparkly raptor. I feel it. I like yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. That should be a moment. Anyway, we're anyway. getting carried away, but I, we'll we'll see what happens. They're always interesting draft nights. Are always mm. interesting surprises yes. all the time, we, on and off the board. We love we love surprises, and we have to wait and see how this NBA season pans out. Um, I'm not going to go too much into like analysis of the draft, but I will say my last point on it, and I love seeing this, is that we're seeing more players that are being drafted out of the G League and like I would call them like college alternative leagues. Yeah. So like um uh like the guys that were drafted, uh the twins, they're from a what's it called? They're from a hold on. This a league called Overtime Elite. And mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting that we're seeing these players that aren't, you know, going that traditional college route. Yeah. I mean into the league and I love that the NBA is giving these players that opportunity. That's and what really a great, interesting, yeah. And it's a great thing for, like, the Thompson parents who's, you know, their sons went, you know, right. four and five, which is and incredible for them. props to, you know, scouting because they're yes. expanding who they're looking at. Um, and that's not always the easiest. Mm-hmm. It does take a lot of manpower to do that. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about something less fun. And that's, oh, no. <laughs> that's baseball. Um, you know, it's fun for some people right now, not for me and my fellow Mets fans. It, I was going to say, I, I've been I've been seeing not so good things. What's going on over there? I just want to say it's an absolute disaster. And the other night, we blew, we had a 6-3 lead yes. against the Phillies, and we just completely blew it, and we lost 7-6. We had a bullpen meltdown, errors all over the place. And I called my dad, and he goes, we look like the 62 Mets. Now, for those who don't know, the 62 Mets were an absolute laughing stock of an MLB organization. They Uh were a disaster. It literally looked like they were trying to do slapstick comedy when they were trying to play baseball. (laughs) It was so bad. And that is what that game felt like toward the end, that whole meltdown. It was just absolutely – like, I didn't know whether to laugh or cry or both, like – (laughs) <laughs> I I don't I really don't know um and then you know just like little things I was like okay new series fresh star against the Milwaukee Brewers this week and what would he do we lose 2-1 last night it's just 2-1 yeah I mean and Verlander pitched a great game and it's just like I can't I can't anymore <laughs> so let I'm me just, ask is yeah. it like is it purposeful you think is it like what you see in other leagues, like tanking or no? No, it's just our it's just payroll and our roster <laughs> should be way over five hundred. We're under five hundred. What like um, four, like four something you look right at now? The, if you look at the roster and how much we spend on these pieces, you know, mm-hmm. it should be way above this. But I think the problem is like you can't always buy a, a winning roster. No, that's like that's so you true. think yeah. you can. But sometimes you need to actually have a little bit more thought process and maybe combine the money with scouting. Like, how do we build a cohesive team, not just a team of a bunch of good people that don't work together? Um, And that's where it's like, okay, you can buy some of your pieces, but also let's scout some of our pieces. Where are our holes at? Where can we bring guys up? Where are we strong in the minor leagues? That Mm -hmm. type of thing. How are we bringing that all together? to bring this one cohesive unit that can win games. And we're not thinking that way. And it's very, very 
frustrating because we spent all this money on all these guys and we're not winning games. Do you do you see the Mets making any changes like now that we're what like three months into the season? Do you see them making any changes right now? We're gonna have to. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, like he he's supposed to hold a press conference tomorrow, which is what we're talking today. He's supposed to hold one Wednesday, Wednesday before yeah. the game. And we, I don't know what he's going to announce. Basically, what he sa- says is he promises, quote-unquote, straight answers. Okay. I, I did see that, like, there weren't plans for him to like, go and, like, fire anybody. So the question I, is, is, are, do you, is, this the, is this the manager's fault or is this right. a deeper problem? Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to be a straightforward, you know, question. Right. And the, the issue is, how the way only way you determine that is you have to fire someone to see where no, the problem's exactly. coming from exactly i mean yeah which is which is hard because i mean if you look at last year when the uh when the phillies fired joe girardi mm-hmm. like that well, that worked out well for them so did the mets make a bold i don't want to say statement but do they make a bold decision it's hard to say and this is why i'm not an owner of a team <laughs> <laughs> i would hate to be in that room right now trying to make that decision but something does need to happen it's it's disgusting as a New Yorker. It, it, so just to pivot a little bit, because, you know, the Mets being the Mets, they're going to disappoint us for the next Stressy and weeks. depressing. Stressy and depressing, <laughs> like I was with the Sixers. Yeah. But looking at Shohei Otani, so when you see how he's leading the Angels in, a, in you know, like we say, like every offensive stat while still being a pitcher, like what do you think about that? He's a god. I mean, this <laughs> man, the fact that, first of all, two-way player. Let's just two-way, start there. Yeah. Two-way player. Love it. Then, a good two-way player. But hold mm. up. No, no, no. A great a two-way great. player. A great two-way player. The fact that he essentially leads every offensive statistic. And then he pitches. And then he pitches. I know. It's, it's an incredible talent. Like, it's something that I feel like we're really lucky to be witnessing right now. And especially, like, as baseball is trying to grow their fan base. This is great for, like, casual fans of the game or people that just love sports in general. Like, it, it draws you in to watch their game. He is so exciting. I mm-hmm. would literally, like, Uncle Steve Cohen could pay as much money as he wants for this man when he becomes a free agent. Like, all of it. I want all of it. Like, just it. send, send, you know what? Send, send our entire team for Shohei Otani. Fine. I actually saw uh, a trade proposed. That was essentially all of the Mets. <laughs> it's like, we'll just ship the whole team. We'll just send a plane. It's fun. It's and he, he, he honestly, he's worth two players. So like, it's almost uh-huh. like, so you can, it's like you can send more, even though you're getting less, you know. Probably making a bid for Shohei Otani on the Mets. For real. You but I do also, I really, okay. Saturday night, we have to talk yeah. about Saturday night, the Angels absolutely annihilated the Colorado Rockies in their own house <laughs> 25 to 1. I did see that and I there thought was, I was freaking yeah, out. There was an inning. Okay. There was an inning. One inning where the um, Angels scored 13 runs. 13! In one <laughs> inning. Casual. I mean, it just kept going. It was so exciting to watch. Horrible mm-hmm. for Rockies fans. Sorry anyone out there listening. Oh, I know. But for everyone else, I was just like, I just wanted to see them keep piling on. I was so excited. I was like, how much more can they get? 
it's incredible baseball because like that offense it really draws people like you look at how like the nba pivoted to be more like offensively focused for the fan base and like Look at how, like, this that offensive firepower from the Angels. It, it yeah. makes people want to watch because, yeah. like, because you know, if like you're watching a baseball game and you're like, oh, I'll watch baseball, right? And you're grabbing on and you're like, you're like, oh, okay, what happened? Like, you missed the home runs and everything, but like, you want that excitement. Yeah. I like, have to you... say, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you're fine. Like, it's something that, like, it draws people in to watch it. Yeah. And I do have to say, like, being the defensive gal that I am, right. I also was like, I hope this, they hold a shutout. I hope they hold a shutout. I hope <laughs> they hold a shutout. They didn't, but still, 25 to 1 is pretty good. <laughs> well, you know what? That also makes it exciting. Like, it's another element of the game. And, like, you know, we've had on, like, our former our former speakers, they always say you can't just look at one stat. Mm-hmm. And it's, you have to look at everything and how everything's all encompassing. Yeah, and exactly. It's exciting for fans nowadays. Right, because you can have a very high-scoring game, but it not be as exciting mm-hmm. because both sides are. Right, and that, and, and that makes, like, the roster um, – I want to say the roster – building even more important at the MLB level. Yeah, I like, exactly. I feel like we've been talking a lot about roster building this episode. I like it. I like it. Mm-hmm. And moving on. Wow. What a great way to bring up that the U.S. Oh. Women's National Team roster has been set for the World Cup. Yes. I. You know what? I did see that, and I thought it was interesting that on, like, the good combination of, like, new – or not new. I should say young versus yeah. veteran players yeah. because, like, because, like, I saw that, like, you know, four players were born after 1999, which, uh fossil, like, just bury me outside. <laughs> really? If, if you need us on Friday, we're holding a grave digging party for our old selves. <laughs> uh, but you have a healthy combination of, like, you know, more veteran players that have mm-hmm. been there before. They know what that stage is like. Right. And I just, it's going to be great for the young players to have, and like, then, those women with them. Yeah, there are also... um four players who are making their first world world cup roster and they're 30 years or older so, that's so it, exciting it really is it shows you don't ever give up yeah well yeah well but like if I, you're I, if you're a professional soccer player who's really really good don't give up yes <laughs> yes yes for all of us out there that are not um we will give up on that uh, on that dream um <laughs> But, like, thinking about that, like, th- these are women that are leaders on their team already, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. They're leaders on their, on their, in their organization, and they're going to be on this field, and it's going to be exciting for them and their families. Like, I just think about how great it is if you look at, like, you know, the conversation that's been happening with women's soccer over the last few years as it, as it came down to, like, pay equality and these types of larger conversations. Like, I just am so excited to see what happens on the world stage. I'm really excited. Also, it's a chance for a three-peat. Mm-hmm. Yes, which we, which obviously we want. Absolutely, um, <laughs> I I think this this women's team really brings the country together. Um, mm-hmm. They are a great team to watch. They have a lot of great personalities on the team, which I yes. think makes the the team very marketable as well. So I think there's a mm-hmm. lot of um, ways that uh, we can draw momentum in a way from the world cup so Mm -hmm. i got you know because the question is and i have this conversation in terms of um when hockey women's hockey is in the olympics and a lot of viewers watch and people get really excited about you know uh, the canadian team and also the u.s women's team and um and how do we take that momentum and parlay it to the rest of the year and then the rest of the time between the olympics similar thing here sure how do we take this momentum that the world cup is going to bring and how do we parlay that into the rest of the year in terms of 
mm-hmm. watching women's soccer, supporting women's soccer, continuing the storyline that the right. entire country buys into. Right. And I, I, I don't know what the answer is per se, because I'm sure mm-hmm. we'll see like a big, you know, World Cup related campaign come out. Sure. But I think I wanted to bring something in that we've seen in previous large tournaments like you mentioned, like the Olympics and things like that. And I think you can really see it here in the World Cup is the usage of social media and these mm-hmm. other platforms to get close to these athletes. Absolutely. And you, really, and you really get to see what they're doing every day. Like it was crazy during the, uh, the Olympics in Tokyo seeing, um, you know, behind the scenes of these athletes lives. You're like, Oh my gosh, look at you in like your room. And like, I'm just casually sitting here on like a Thursday night scrolling. And yeah. I think that they allow the players to show their personalities with both the World Cup and the Women's World Cup, like on social media and to the fans, I think you're going to see more people get drawn in and they're really, you're going to be able to carry that momentum from the World Cup throughout the rest of the year. Right. And I think, especially with that casual fan, this is like that, what you were saying, the social media, the behind the scenes, really getting to know the player as a person. Like once you take interest in someone as a person, you're more likely to want to follow them. Right, that's exactly it. You see them as, like, they're, like, your favorite. You want to see mm-hmm. what they're doing every day. And then, like, if they happen to keep up with social media after the World Cup, then even better. You get to see, like, their travels anyway. And, like, especially if you look at this Women's World Cup with 10 different um, National Women's Soccer League clubs being represented, mm-hmm. you get to take that back to those fan bases and engage them more. Exactly. And, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be great. Social media, doing great things. It's a great point. Yeah, and I mm-hmm. I think that because, like I was saying, these players are so marketable, it makes it easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, exactly. They're great personalities. They're super fun. They bring mm-hmm. a lot to the team, to their own platforms. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm super hyped. I, I love watching our women's team. They're great. Oh, my God. I agree they are and like I know that and not to focus on social media social media for a little bit but like you saw a lot of it with like you know like the NHL during mm-hmm. during the playoffs and during the finals that I think you can kind of like you can see as being impactful right um but with the NHL um mm-hmm. I want to talk about your New York Rangers yes new head coach yes. how are you feeling like, are you suffering, like, in your Mets, like, fan zone? <laughs> like, tell me how you feel. So we're slowly still starting to get over the loss in the first round of the playoffs. Still not over yet. Slowly. Harley, it's been months, I know. Um, <laughs> but still not over yet. Um, but we did hire a new head coach after firing Gerard Gallant. Um, mm-hmm. The new head coach is Peter LaViolette. Peter uh-huh. LaViolette has been around um he played very briefly for the rangers and i thought it was funny that they like uh-huh. the rangers did like a social post it was like welcome back and he like played like 11 games <laughs> <laughs> i love it which i thought was very funny but he's also coached for essentially almost every other team in the division He's coached for the Islanders, the Hurricanes, the Flyers, and the Capitals. That's four other teams in the Metropolitan Division. He's also coached for the Predators. But let's just say four other teams in the division. It's like, I take two schools of thought here. Because mm-hmm. this keeps happening where, like, 
coaches keep moving around the division. Like Barry Trotz right. went from the Capitals to the Islanders. Um, Elaine Vigneault went from the Rangers to the Flyers. And it's like, is this working? This cyclical coaching, is it working? The fact that, you know, we they all know the teams in the division, they've been there. Right. Is that working? Is it a good idea to keep just moving around coaches? Or would well, it be better to have someone that has a fresh outlook? I don't right. know. And I think it's a de- it's a debate to have. Yeah, no, definitely. Because, like, in, in one side, I see, like, the argument of, like, well, you know the other teams, you know how to beat them. But mm-hmm. your goal isn't just to get out of your division. Your goal is to win the whole thing. Right, exactly. And the thing is, if you weren't successful in these other places – Right. Are you actually that good? The second thing is, mm-hmm. you do know the team, but once that team changes, you no longer really know them. Like, if that coaching staff changes, if the star players move on, mm-hmm. it's going to be a completely different team. So maybe the only thing you know is, like, okay, I kind of know what ownership might want here. Right. And I, I wonder, like, if ownership is looking at this from, like, the example of, like, this person knows how to lead men. Right, mm-hmm. they know how to lead the team if they're looking at it from that way versus right. Like, you know, he has X Y Z strategies. But yeah, I think it's an interesting decision by ownership because you do keep seeing it more and more often. And I would think that you would want to get some new, uh, like a new face in there. You know, right? Change things up. Throw a curveball. The, at the other thing too that you know, and so the Rangers have really they haven't been able to hit. They've been right. cycling through. Um like every few years a new coach and they tried um a few coaches ago they oh let's say it was not this not Gerard Gallant but the guy before him David Quinn Mm -hmm. they did try bringing in someone new he actually came from the college level ah he lasted three years so it's just you know, we can't seem to get it right. The longest guy I can remember being around is John Tortorella, and he was pretty good. Um, but, you know, that's some things happen and you got to move on. But, you know, mm-hmm. we've tried it, and maybe it wasn't – it just wasn't that – you know, maybe it just wasn't – David Quinn wasn't meant to be. He wasn't the guy. But I don't know. It's so hard to say. Well, I also think what's important to, to look at, too, especially in, like, the Rangers case with this, and any team, I think, that is in New York. You could, you could throw the Knicks in here as well, Brooklyn, mm-hmm. whatever, is – Dealing with the New York media, dealing with oh, New absolutely. York fans, you have to have, like, a coach that's going to be able to handle it. And I agree, like, the Rangers have been able to get it right, and, like, the Knicks have been able to get it right. Right. So it just – it's something it's something unique about MSG. It's, I was just going to say, it's something <laughs> in the garden air. It's a little of the garden air. It's stale. That's What's what it is. What's going on here? They need to pump new air in. <laughs> pump new air. They do that. Don't they do that in casinos? They pump in air? I heard they pump in oxygen and because casinos. Right. Well, I guess people are losing all their money. Is everyone smoke? Because everyone's smoking. <laughs> On that note, I don't know. I can't tell. But need, yeah, new, new, fresh air. I don't know. So we'll see how it goes. Who knows? Maybe this guy is exactly what we need. I, you know, yeah, we'll give see. him a chance. Give him like half a year. We'll um, see. And then, and then Carly will be back here. Um, ripping him to shreds. And I Probably. Like... I mean, if he does well, I'm still going to find something I don't like. Which is, but that's what we do as sports fans. That is what we do. As, as uh, what, what's the phrase? Armchair GMs? Armchair coaches? Is that what it's called? 
I th- I thought I heard that somewhere. That's funny. That makes sense though. Yeah. I'll, I'll use it. I like that. That's great. Well, this has been quite the episode. Um and we've gotten through it just like we've gotten through this day. Um <laughs> Through four forms of transportation, we have made it. We have made it. We have landed safely. So you guys know where to find us. Next one up pod at gmail.com. Next one up podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. And we'll see you guys next week.